morning, everyone. Good to see you guys again. And uh, man, we get to, to finish up our series, Mark, today. It is Palm Sunday as we celebrate Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And uh, Palm Sunday to me is always this reminder, right? How quickly we can turn from being all in about Jesus to turning our backs on Jesus. And so it's a, it's a wake-up call for us to, to, to really stay committed, uh, to, to not lose heart, to not forget what Jesus has done. And so uh, if you could notice, we've added a bunch more chairs getting ready for Easter, um, kind of still spread out here. So if you're watching online, we want to welcome you guys and uh, do us a favor if you're watching online. If you take a minute and just comment where you're watching from, we would appreciate it just to let us know you're there. Uh, it's always good to see kind of where people are watching from each week and, 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 and hear from you guys. So thank you if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or at live.mycornerstone.org. Uh, we're glad you guys have joined us today. Uh, before we jump in, uh, I've got a few announcements to make, just several things coming up. Uh, first Wednesday, we have our c community meal. Uh, so the last Wednesday of every month, we do a big free community meal. Uh, and so this week, we're kind of doing a big ham casserole and green beans and, and rolls and all the goodies with that. So we need help mainly with the, the casseroles. If you could cook one uh, or prepare one in advance and bring it and we can, we can cook it that day. Uh, but if you can sign up on our website, uh, mycornerstone.org. You can sign up there. You can sign up on the Church Center app. Uh, you can stay, uh, you can sign up to, to bring something, but we're looking forward. It's going to be a few months and hopefully we'll be back in person in the building. Uh, we're looking at how to do that safely, uh, but for now we're still doing drive-through, but that's this Wednesday night. Um, so that's coming up. Then Friday night we have our children's Good Friday event, Journey to the Cross, and this is going to be really neat. Uh, and so 6 to 9 p.m., uh, you sign up for a slot. Um, there's, we've got three different time slots in that. Um, and so this is really going to be fun. It's going to be a big interactive service for the kids, live worship, fun activities, all sorts of stuff uh, for the kids. It's really uh, hands-on. So uh, it's four, four years old through fourth grade. Uh, the whole families can come, be part of it. So uh, that's coming up Friday night. And then, of course, Sunday is Easter. Uh, and so I'm excited about this. And it's just, um, it's, it, it comes up so quickly each year. And we've been trying to get ready. We've been doing our 21 Days of Hope. Uh, we've been doing that. Uh, but here's how you can help us with this. Uh, uh, we're going to be sharing things about Easter all week long on social media. You can help us by sharing that with your friends, by inviting your friends and family uh, to invite us either um, in person or online. Um, I know some people still may not be comfortable coming back in person. If so, invite them to join us online. Um, but this is going to be uh, the start of a brand new sermon series. We're going to start a series this year on Easter and continue it for the next three weeks after Easter. And it's all going to be about how the love of Christ transforms our past, our present, and our future. And so uh, this is going to be awesome. Um, I'm excited about what the praise team's getting together. Uh, this is going to be really just a, a powerful week next week. So anybody, uh, just start thinking about people you haven't seen in a while. Maybe people that used to attend and, and haven't come back yet. Think about people who um, maybe your neighbors or your coworkers or your classmates that uh, you're, you're thinking about that would be open and 
and I'm, I'm telling you this, and, and I've mentioned it before, but Easter, you know, Easter and Mother's Day are like the two Sundays that most people are open to attending church if someone asks them. And that's all that, that if you just ask them, they would be open to saying, yeah, I'll, I'll come and join you. So be thinking about who you can invite uh, for that. So um, I think that's all the announcements. We do have a youth worship night tonight, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and so we've got uh, live worship for that tonight. We've got, um, we've got food. We've got some of uh, my famous barbecue nachos tonight. So uh, I've been cooking, getting ready for that. So it's going to be fun tonight for the youth. So uh, get our teenagers here tonight for that. So we're in this series called Marked. Um, and it's all about this calling that we have. And this whole idea of being called, it, it can be confusing. Because I think many of us think about calling as something for uh, the, the religious elite. It's like there's certain people that God calls them to give up everything they have and to like go halfway around the world or to quit their job. And, and that's a lot of, you know, that, that's the certain people that God calls. And then the, the rest of us, um, you know, you, you may be here and you may be thinking, but you don't understand. I just get up in the morning, I go to work. I come home, I eat supper, I go to bed, and I do it all over again. I don't have time. God, that's for someone else. That's not for me. And, and, and today, we want to zero in on just normal, everyday life. What does it look like to, to answer God's call? Because the reality is, God calls each and every one of us. We talked about this big general call that He calls us all to salvation, to, uh, to follow Him, to, 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 to be a disciple of Jesus. And then there's this specific call where He gives us a task to do. He gifts us in a way that He gives us some responsibilities and a passion uh, to go and do something on His behalf. And, and today, I hope you leave here saying, okay, I know, God, what you're calling me to do. Because I think so many people are frustrated and missing out because they think, well, I don't really know what God is calling me to do. Uh, and, and so I'm just... I'm just too busy. I don't know. I'm too confused. And so they're waiting. Like one day God's going to reveal it to me. But for now, I don't really have a calling. I want you to know, if you're alive, if you're breathing, if you're a believer, you have a call on your life. And I want you to discover that this morning with me. Um, Larry Osborne, um, one, of, one of the authors I really like, and he said this. He said, I think we misunderstand God's commands sometimes. He's talking about God's call on our life. He says we think of them as difficult and burdensome. We hear sermons and we read passages about counting the cost and dying to self and leaving it all behind. And we assume that God's commands are designed to separate those of us who have what it takes to become a true disciple from those who don't. But God's commands are not burdensome. They're beneficial. They're beneficial. He goes on to say this. He said, Jesus didn't come to thin the herd. He didn't come to recruit special ops Christians. His goal was to expand the kingdom, to bring salvation to people who previously were excluded. He came to seek and find the lost, including a large uh, group of folks who no one else wanted to invite to the party. Everything about Jesus' ministry was designed to make salvation and the knowledge of God more accessible. 
I want you to stop and think about that for a minute because we get this mistaken identity that, okay, God's call is again for those special ops people, the missionaries, the pastors, the professional Christians. And then we created this distinction, right, uh, between clergy and laity that was never meant to be. And, and God is calling each and every one of us to follow him. He, he even goes on to say this, the truth is that Jesus didn't come to raise the bar. He didn't come to weed out the losers. He came to, 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 to turn losers and laggards and enemies into full-on sons and daughters of God. I like that. And think about that. I mean, that's why Jesus came. It's not for, he didn't come for the religious elite. We've been talking about how he called normal, everyday people, fishermen, tax collectors, uh, political activists. He, you look at the, the disciples he called after him. They were not like as scholars of the day. They were not the priests and the Pharisees and the, the judges and the rulers. They were normal, everyday people. And that gives me hope. And I hope it gives you hope. Because it's not like we have to reach this level before God will use us. That's not why Jesus came. He came to turn losers, laggards, and enemies into full-on sons and daughters of God. And that gives me hope. And, and so today, what we're going to do, we're going to look at some, a, a story in the Bible uh, just to hopefully help you understand that God is sending you back right where you are. In Mark chapter 5, we have an interesting story. If you've got your Bibles, you can flip there. Of course, we'll be putting it on the screen here in a minute. I'll kind of give you the background of it. I'll, I'll kind of give you my, uh, my, uh, kind of my interpretation of it here. Uh, we read this story. Jesus is traveling by boat with his disciples to a, a region called the Gerasenes. Uh, and in the Gerasenes, there was this guy there that was just messed up and jacked up. This guy... He was demon-possessed. And you ask me, Mike, do you really believe, was it mental illness or was it some type of, I believe he was demon-possessed. There's no, like, logical, natural explanation for how this guy was acting. This was weird stuff. Okay, this is like weird stuff where he, would, he was living in the tombs. He would walk around, cut himself, and yell all the time. Uh, he was walking around half-naked most of his life. Um, the people knew that he was just someone you stayed away from. They would try to put him in chains. He would break the chains. He was super strong. This guy was not your ordinary guy. He was messed up. He was one that, again, people saw him. They went the other way. And so when Jesus uh, went out, he, this guy uh, saw him from a distance. He came up to Jesus. He fell on his knees. Immediately he said, what have you done to me, Jesus, son of the most high God? He said, don't torment me. Uh, and and, and he's, he understood that he was possessed. And Jesus asked who the, you know, who the demon was. And you, you, if you've heard this story, you know, the demon replied, legion, for we are many. Uh, this is kind of a weird story. And, and I share all that um, just to, 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 to tell you that Jesus, uh, he, he didn't look the other way. He didn't run. He went to the mess. He went to the messed up people. He went to the people who were hurting. And he heard them. He listened to them. He ministered to them. And with this, if you know the story, he cast out the demons into pigs. And they went off running. Kind of crazy story. Uh, but I, I share all that uh, just because we're going to come back to that. And we're going to talk about what we can learn from this story. 
Here's the first point this morning, and I'll just jump right in, is that God calls you to follow Him in ordinary, everyday life. Some of you are waiting around for God to call you to do something significant. And I'm going to pick on our young people a little bit because I hear this so much. It's like, I want God to do something with my life. I want God to use me. And God is telling us He can use us right where we are. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you get older. You don't have to wait till you get more knowledge. You don't have to wait until you're ready. God can use you and call you where you are right now. Um, I was reading a book by an author named Jeff Vanderstelt. He said this. He said, when you read the accounts of, of Jesus' life in the Bible, you'll see this. You'll discover the everyday messed up people that Jesus gathered around him to do his work. You'll see warriors and women, fishermen and fathers, pagans and prostitutes, the religious and the ragamuffins. And you see Jesus in the middle of all of them, doing the work of God with them in the marketplace, at a party, on a mountainside, in a house, and on a fishing boat, on a calm lake where there seemed to be no fish. It was what you see is Jesus meeting people in their everyday life. The the everyday stuff of life matters. Again, we get into trouble because we think Jesus is just in the big stuff. Just in the big stuff. Uh, We we think about church as an event on Sunday instead of realizing that it's really more about the people of God serving God throughout the week. Uh, And so I I go back to this whole past year when church has been disrupted in, in such a crazy way. For a lot of people, it messed them up because church was what you did on Sunday. When they didn't have that, they didn't know how to respond. You see, church is more than that. It's how we follow Jesus every single day. And when we realize that, we realize, hey, if we don't meet for a while on Sunday morning, we're going to be all right. It's not, we're going to be all right because the church is the people of God that are called to follow him. God's intent for us was never to define church merely as an event on Sunday morning. And I've said it before, we don't go to church, we are the church. And so I share all that. Just to say, God uses ordinary, everyday people. And in this story, in Mark chapter 5, we see God take someone who is messed up, transform their life, and then He sends them back to ordinary, everyday life. Not what you expect. We'll pick it up in Mark chapter 5, verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed, he begged to go with him. So think about this. This guy who had been in torment for years, demon-possessed, crazy as the world looked at him, messed up, jacked up. This guy, he's saying, I want to go with Jesus because this man just changed my life. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, if you just met someone that completely transformed everything about you, that healed you, you're saying, I don't know. I may not understand everything. I may not even know who this guy is, but I'm with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm tagging along. I'm going where he, wherever he's at because I want, to, I want more of this. I'm not done yet. But Jesus said no. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? I mean... Again, when Jesus calls his disciple, he doesn't always do what we expect. We talked about that last week in Luke chapter 9. Jesus said, no, go home to your family 
Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. And so the man, he just started off to visit the Decapolis, the ten towns of that region. He began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Now, now think about this testimony this guy had. Think about this testimony. People saw him. They knew what he was like. They knew how messed up he was. Now they see him talking, sharing, normal person. This is a huge transformation. And now they get to see him. They get to see what Jesus has done. And and so Jesus gave this guy a new direction. Instead of following along, instead of going on adventure, instead of doing something great and selling everything and leaving it all behind and traveling to faraway places, Jesus says, go home. Go home. That's where you need to be. And I'm telling you this because I think many of you need to hear this. You need to be right where God has placed you. In your workplace, in your home. If you're at home with your kids and you're saying, I can't really do anything great for God because I've got all these responsibilities at home. I want you to know God is saying home is where you need to be. That's where your mission is. If you're at a work and and you're like, I can't do anything here. I'm surrounded by people who aren't Christians. God's like, perfect. It's a great opportunity for you to share about Jesus. With this man, God knew where he needed to be. And it wasn't going out on some adventure. It was going back to his normal life. And again, I think we, we get mistaken because we're looking for the big. We're looking for the grand things. We're looking for the awesome things we can do for God. And we miss the normal, ordinary, everyday life. And, and so here's the, the, it's, it really the, the game changer is that we are looking for where we want God to send us. God is wanting to use us right where we are. And so uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. And... And really help us understand how we do that. And to do that, we've got to understand where our calling comes from, where our power comes from, where our knowledge comes from. And with this man, uh, we see his life transformed. And how did that happen? Well, uh, let's kind of talk about the secret. Here's the secret. The secret to discovering your calling is Jesus is in you. Now, you, you say, well, Mike, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean. God has called us to join him in mission. He's not called us to change the world. He's called us to allow him to change the world through us. And so once we realize that, it takes the pressure off of us. It takes the pressure. We don't have to be everything. We don't have to do everything. We have to allow God to use us and work through us. The, the truth is God is not looking for the most impressive person to use because he is the most impressive person. And if he is the most impressive person, we don't have to be. And, and again, this man that was changed, Jesus is telling him, go home and you're going to testify. You're going to be empowered. I'm going to give you the strength you need when you need it to do what I've called you to do. And he tells us the same thing today. We aren't called to be Jesus. And, and I, I share that, not, and, and hear me out on that. We're called to let Jesus work in us and through us. 
Let me, let me explain. Colossians 1 says this. For God wanted them to know the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Here's the secret I was talking about. This gives you the, assur- the assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ. Warning everyone, teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and I struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. It's not our knowledge. It's not our power. It's not our positions that give us influence. It's Christ's power within us. And and it's taken me a a long time in my walk to kind of get a good grasp on the Holy Spirit. And it's something we're all learning. I don't think we'll even completely understand this side of heaven. But here's what I know. A lot of people teach that the Holy Spirit is this emotion or this feeling. And, and while that's part of it, that's not all of it. The Holy Spirit is Christ in us. Now, that's what the Holy Spirit is. It's what's teaching us, revealing truth to us, guiding us, allowing us to speak and to share about what God has done. That's the Holy Spirit within us. And if you look in John 14... Um, we get to know the Holy Spirit a little better. In John 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, you obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, which will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so hold on to that and we'll keep going. Verse 25, I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. So from these verses, here's what we learn. We learn that the Holy Spirit is from God and is God within us. We learn that the Holy Spirit doesn't go away. That he's present with us forever. We learn that the Holy Spirit is for people who follow Jesus. It's something that every single believer has. And it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. And it guides us into truth. It reveals God's plan and his purpose for our life. The Holy Spirit gives us our calling. Now, once we understand that, once we kind of start comprehending that, we understand then, again, it's not about Sunday morning. It's not about traveling halfway around the world. It's about living every single day and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. The Holy Spirit is already with us. God says he will never leave us nor forsake us. The Holy Spirit is with us, so will we allow the Spirit to guide us? Will we stay in step with the Spirit as Paul talks about? I I, I read this in a book, and it was interesting. It said our job is not to be Jesus. Our job is to believe Jesus, depend on Jesus, and submit to Jesus working in and through us to accomplish His work. We are not meant to carry the weight of the world or the mission of Jesus on our shoulders. Jesus came to seek and to save. He doesn't expect us to become the saviors. 
And I share this because here's what I see sometimes with people who have really good intentions, but they kind of get this Jesus complex that they are the ones that have to change the world. And they forget that it's not, it's not us. It's Jesus working through us. That's where we get our power. And if we try to do everything on our own power, we're going to end up burned out, frustrated, discouraged. And we're going to end up messing up and just messing up. I mean, I'm just telling you, that's where it leads to. But when we allow God to use us, when we submit to his leadership, we submit to the Holy Spirit. We allow him to to work in us when we believe Jesus, depend on Jesus and submit to Jesus. That's when great things for God happen through our life. And so that's really what the purpose of the church is. is to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. And that really brings us to what following God's call is. If you want to know what following God's call is, it's simply this. It's everyday obedience. Again, it's like, I mean, we can go through our whole life saying, God, I want you to reveal to me what you want me to do. And I've even said, you know, we're all trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up. Doesn't matter how old you are, you're like, God, what's next in this phase of life you have for me? What's the next step? And, and we're like in this continual state of waiting. If you want to know what God's call is, it's just simply everyday obedience. And when we're faithful to God in the little things, in the day by day, in the mundane things of life, that's when God will take us and do some incredible things that we could never imagine or even think about. But following God's call, it's simply everyday obedience. Think about the disciples. They spent time with Jesus, eating and laughing and traveling. Uh, They watched him teach. They watched him perform miracles. They played and had a good time. They, these, they did ordinary things. They went to weddings with Jesus. Right? They, they went to parties with Jesus. They saw Jesus reach out to the lost and the hurting. They were around him all the time. And what they learned from Jesus was this way of life to, to allow the Spirit to lead them daily. And so how do we do that? I just want to share kind of three ways that we live out this everyday obedience. The first thing we do, we look for opportunities to follow Jesus in everything we do. We got to be on the lookout. How do we do that? We, we look for opportunities. This is being aware. This is knowing that God is giving us divine appointments every single day. Jesus told the man he healed, go home to your friends. Wherever Jesus sends us, that's where we're supposed to be. And if you are here in Galax, guess what? God has sent you here. You, this, you're, you're not here by accident. If you're at your workplace, you're not there by accident. God has you exactly where he wants you to be. And so the next step is will you submit to him and start looking for opportunities to be Uh, His hands and feet to serve, to share, to testify to what God has done in your life. Um, Colossians 3, 17 says this. Whatever you do or you say, you do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So wherever you're at, here's how we view ourselves. We're representative. We're not there on our own behalf. We're there on the behalf of another. That's why we're called ambassadors. 
for Jesus. That's why we're citizens of a heavenly kingdom. We're representative of Jesus. So that means at work, when you want to let out a mouthful because someone didn't do the job they were supposed to do, you look to see how you can be a representative of Jesus because you realize every single day you have an opportunity for obedience. You have an opportunity to share to the power and the goodness of God. That means at school. That means uh, at, at home with your families. Every single day you're looking for opportunities to follow Jesus. And so this is not easy. If you keep going in Colossians 3, it talks about this. Work willingly at whatever you do. As though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. And so you, ask, you say, well, this is really hard. You know, at work, I, you just don't understand the people I'm around. And they just do the same thing wrong over and over and over again. You're not working for them. You're working for God. And if you're working for God, that means you're working to please God, not to please people. This changes how we view wherever we're at. And so instead of getting discouraged and frustrated, we start looking with our spiritual radar on every day, looking for those opportunities to follow Jesus. What if every single day, whether you walk into school or your job or you get up out of bed and sit down with your kids and you say, God, give me opportunities today uh, just to, to follow you. Help me learn. God, just give me an opportunity to do something for you today. Help me to see it. Help me to respond to it. Help me not to have a bad attitude. This is everyday obedience. This is what discipleship looks like. And so it's allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and to, to work through us. And so what does this mean? It means that if you have a gift of teaching, you know, here's how, and I'll be honest, churches, we've been guilty of this. If you have a gift, you have to use it in the church. Have a gift of teaching, you need to teach in the kids' ministry or teach youth. Or if you have the gift of administration, you need to be on this committee. If you have uh, the gift of leadership, you need to lead a ministry. What if we broaden that out a little bit and say, if you have a gift of teaching, you need to be teaching every day of the week. You teach at home, you teach in the classroom, in the school system. Uh, you teach wherever God has placed you. What if you have the gift of administration? I'm telling you, there are some organizations in our community that need some help with administration that you could jump in and serve and be a part of. If you have a gift of, of starting new things, what about starting a company that honors God and creates jobs and transforms this community? Do you, do you, do you see, when we start following God in everyday life, it's not about what happens for one hour on Sunday morning. It's about how we honor God through our lives and through our gifts and through our abilities every single day. And I just want to challenge us a little bit to broaden out our thinking. Are we really looking how God can use us in our ordinary everyday life? Uh, I, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen, I'll talk a little bit more about this, but like on mission trips, it's awesome. You see people do things that they would never do at home. And why is that? Because, well, I'm too busy when I'm at home. I'm too distracted when I'm at home. I don't have time when I'm at home. God is saying, okay, open your eyes because that's when I want to use you. And so that leads us to the next thing. We also have to look for opportunities to tell others how God is working in our lives. Again, it's interesting when you go on a mission trip and we've you know, you've heard me talk about going to Nicaragua before. We've been going for the last 12 years. And 
uh, more than that, 13, 14, I don't know, it's been a long time. And actually, pray for me, I'm doing, uh, we, I can't go there this year to do pastor training. Um, and actually, Tuesday, I'll be filming pastor training. We're doing it virtually uh, this week. So I'll be training pastors this week, getting ready for that. Um, and so we've got to film it here and translate it and do everything, send it over. So it's going to be an interesting experiment this week. Um, but I'm excited about that. But when we take mission teams to Nicaragua, we ask people uh, to prepare their testimony. And what their testimony simply is, is, okay, this is my life before Jesus. This is how I met Jesus. And this is what has changed since I met Jesus. It's pretty simple just to be able to verbalize it, to share it. And we'll see people share their testimony in villages and on the radio. And, and for most people that go on our trips... This is the first time they've ever shared their testimonies publicly. And, and, and what amazes me is this should be such a natural part of our life that it's just as natural as breathing. Just talking about, okay, God, this is, you know, let me tell you about, have you ever heard the story about how um, I became a Christian? Now, let me tell it to you. You know, before I was a Christian, this is what my life was like. I was like that guy from the Gerasenes. I was messed up. All right. I, I, this is what I was into. And, and for all of us, we have that before story. And, and again, we're in a small town. And if you grew up here, I, I guarantee even if you don't know your story before Jesus, someone else knows it for you. And they remember and they'll remind you of it. And so you have to you have to go back and you have to say, this is this is what my life was like. But that's not who I am anymore. God's changed me. This is how I met Jesus. And since then, this is what he's done in my life. And just that simple. And I encourage you, if you've not done it, write that down. Take some time. Write it down. Uh, just kind of write out an outline. Think about it. Because once you get familiar with that, it becomes easier to share it. And every single time you share it, it becomes easier to do. And once you write it out, once you start learning how to share your faith, share your story, share your testimony. And I'm telling you, every single one of you has a testimony. Your testimony doesn't have to be, I was a crack dealer and I was shot 10 times and now I'm saved and now I'm preaching and going into prisons. And people think, oh man, what a testimony. Your testimony can be, I grew up in church and this is what God saved me from. This is what God kept me from doing. I had godly parents and I thank God for them. You, your testimony, everybody has a testimony. Everybody has a story and they're all powerful. They're all important. And so we've got to look for opportunities to tell how others how God is working in our life. This 21 Days of Hope that we've been doing, that I've talked about the last several weeks, it's been all about helping us learn how to share our story on social media. And so think about, you've got one week to Easter. How can you tell as many people as possible, both in person and online, about what Jesus has done for you? This is part of discipleship. This is part of, of following Jesus every day. We look for opportunities to share about Jesus. But we also look for opportunities to bless others. We also look for opportunities to bless others. We look for opportunities for God to use us. We don't have to tell everyone about it. We just have to be obedient. When God gives us an opportunity, we do it. For this man um, from the Gerasenes, God sent him back to his family. God sent him back to 10 different cities uh, just to go and tell people about himself. To tell what God had done. To tell about the change that had taken place. To be a blessing. 
Because here's the thing. When, God, when, when you tell what God has done in your life, it's a blessing to other people who are struggling. It tells them that not everyone is perfect and has it all together. It tells them that there's hope. It tells them that they don't have to live in despair anymore. God uses ordinary people for his glory. 1 Corinthians 1 says this. I love this passage. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And and he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can boast in the presence of God. He wants us to, to every single part of our life to reflect His glory. And so God uses the hard things in our life, the hardships. He uses those things to build us up so that we can tell others about Jesus. It, to me, it speaks volumes that Jesus didn't go and get the priests and the elders and the religious, uh, religious experts and the political leaders. He just got ordinary people. And there's something about that. When God uses ordinary people, we can't take credit for it. It, all, it just brings more glory to God. And, and I, I'm thankful that as a church, what we see is we see people in all walks of life serving in all different ways and all different parts of our community. That's what it should look like. In every single aspect of this community, I, w- I want to see Cornerstone represented. I want to see God represented. I want to see people testifying to the goodness of God, what God has done in their life. And I'm thankful. Just think about this. There's a book, uh, Jeff Anderstelt, again, he wrote this. He said, can you imagine every city, every neighborhood, every street, and every house saturated with Jesus' presence through his people? What if in every school, every classroom, and every extracurricular activity, students daily experience the person and the work of Jesus? Can you dream with me of a day when no business office, retail center, or industrial hub can get away from the good news of Jesus proclaimed in words and expressed in gracious deeds? A day when every cafe, pub, and restaurant or bakery smells of the aroma of Christ. This is God's intention for the world, and His plan is to do it through His people. He wants you to be a part of it. That's where our hope comes from. Knowing that God can use even ordinary people like you and me. And so if you're here today and you've been feeling like a failure because God's not done something big through your life. Maybe God wants to use you right where you are. Maybe God is calling you to be obedient, to submit, to surrender and just say, I'm available. God, use me. What if that was our prayer each and every day? God, use me. God, use me where I'm at. I'm telling you, it would change this city. It would change our church. It would change the world. If God's people throughout the church in every city, in every state, in every country would just be obedient to say, God, use me. God, use me. It's not about me getting into the credit. It's it's just about God, use me for your glory. And I just share that today saying, what is God calling you to do? It starts right where you are. Starts by looking for opportunities 
to, to, to follow him every day. It starts by looking for opportunities to testify and share about God. It starts for looking for opportunities to bless others. And when we do that day in and day out, that's when you'll see change take place. I'm going to pray and the, the praise team is going to come back up when we're going to close today. Would you guys join me in prayer today? Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for your word. We thank you for this series because it wakes us up. It makes us realize that you have called us to so much more than we are currently doing and living. That we shouldn't be satisfied with where we're at. That we shouldn't be uh, content. We need to, to continually look for ways that we can be a blessing to the world around us. Lord, help us to, to just to submit, to surrender, to allow the Holy Spirit within us to use us. Help us to, to stay in step with the Spirit. Help us to, to be able to hear your voice as we open up your word and read scripture, as we pray, as we serve. Help us to realize that no task is too small for the kingdom of God. No job is, insig is insignificant. Help us realize that wherever we are, you are, you've called us to be available. Lord, let it be our prayer that we would just cry out and say, Use me, God. Use me. Break me. Mold me. God, whatever it is you want me to do, help me be available. Just use me in whatever way you need me for, to bring glory to the Father. And Father, I pray for those that are listening, those that are here that would say, I'm not even to that point yet when I've, where I've given my life to Jesus. I'm still holding back. I'm still fighting. I'm still trying to do things my own way. Help them today to say, Lord, I need you in my life. Help us to confess our sin, to confess our need for Jesus, to believe that Jesus came and died on the cross to take our punishment, to take the penalty for our sins. And help us to realize that once we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ to save us, that our entire life is transformed. You've given us a new purpose, a new meaning, and it starts by just simply every day saying, God, use me. Heavenly Father, I just pray for those in this room. Pray for those online. Pray for those listening now. Pray for those listening in a month from now or a year from now that you would help us to say, Lord, I'm surrendered to you. The Word tells us, that everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus will be saved. It's in Romans 10, 13. And I pray that, Lord, that people would cry out to Jesus today. Lord, help us, empower us, use us for your kingdom and for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray today. Amen.